Welcome to Obscure Chatter, Episode 2. I am your host, attempting to sound like an NPR presenter and failing because, goddamn, that does a number on your vocals just from doing this, like, fake whisper thing. But I digress. Hi, I'm Terry Doty. Welcome to another installment, this time with a guest, Mr. Stephen Hoff. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hey. How are things? Uh, you know, okay, social media is always a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So that's been fun. Aside from that, pretty great. It's a really nice day, and stuff's happening. So... Uh, this is the second episode. We are watching... Why can't you say that? I do not know. (laughs) I am so... So perplexed. All right. So no matter what you say about this movie, I'm going to try my best, and by I, I mean both of us, to edit out relevant information that would immediately give away what it is. And by the way, if you totally guess what it is and you're right... I really don't know if I have it in me to pretend that you're wrong, but I'll I'll try to be as cool as I can. Um, but so before we get into who you are, or, uh, even though I've I've I think I talked about you like way too much in episode <laughs> one, it was really annoying. Um, to recap, if you are if this is your first episode, I. I'm just using movies that impact or say something about the guest or and or myself um, as the basis for the conversation and the rough runtime, which is approximately two hours. I think it's just a little under that. And uh, we're going to, because it's really about the conversation that my guest and I have throughout the taping or recording, have you will, because I've not recorded on tape, I think, fucking ever um, is uh, it's just about what the movie itself, or sometimes show, who knows, in the future, uh, about what it brings up. So because of that, Stephen, for numerous reasons, because I mentioned it a little bit in uh, the last, the first episode, um, uh, we mentioned uh, in the conversation that you, me, and Sarah had, that would say a lot about you. Um, why don't you tell me, like, how did you discover Uh, well, um, I, when I lived in Granbury, uh, with my parents. <laughs> Sorry, um, we have to do that every time. <laughs> you do. Uh, and it's funny, because uh, it's the way it sounds. Granbury. Granbury. Um, the, uh, we lived out in the country, um, and, uh, there was a, a video store called Family Video that I would frequent um, because is it like the franchise? Or? No, no, I, I, I don't think it's like the I don't think it's the franchise. I think it just happens to be just like a little mom pa shop, you know. Back I wonder in, if that's still around, like Family Video proper is. That'd be weird. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I think um, they they shut down um, and moved to a different location, and then they just shut down. Mm. So I think it was just like a little mom and pa shop. Um, but my, uh, you might hear Steven's beard occasionally. Yeah. My beard has a life of its own. <laughs> um, you might, uh, are, um, uh, oh God, I lost my train of thought already. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, out in the, out in the country, like I didn't have any friends. Um, and so my friends were my, uh, you know, videotapes that I'd get. Um, I can relate. Yeah. Uh, um, so just uh, I just found it at the the video store 
had a cool cover and it was in the uh, horror section. So, Do you, man, I missed that. I missed just kind of what because that's how I got into, I think, child's play and all that is you just walk through the horror section and you're like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Even if it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of look at the cover and go, oh, that's kind of Or neat. sometimes like, what was it? Like Hellraiser 3, 2 or 3, in the back of the old VHS had clips from scenes that were in no way in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why I wanted to see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so family video, awesome cover. Yeah. And uh, so I rented it. And um, I think at the time we had it, uh, we had a rental for uh, three days. And so I just watched it over and over and over again. And I don't know, it it kind of vibed with me um, just because I was an outcast in, in that uh, awful little town um, being a little, you know, weirdo metalhead um, in a very small town, nothing but rednecks. Um, so it just made me. F- I love a cool redneck, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it just made me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, the, the outcasts in the movie, um, I could relate to, and I don't know, it made me, it, it made me feel good. Well, and that's something sometimes when you're watching something or reading something, cause, uh, both Sarah and myself and you, uh, although you tend to read more nonfiction than fiction, mm-hmm. uh, when you do read something, it's definitely got to very much resonate with your actual worldview, um, I've noticed, like, which is why, like, going bovine, I'm like, oh, you'd love this because it's kind of trippy and weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, not to say that you're like that character. No, but or maybe the the gnome that's actually like a god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really like the gnome. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, we think that you know, no one gets it. Blah blah blah. But that's why we. You know, just go to the music we like, the books that we like, the movies, the shows. And so often it's like, oh, yeah, it's the show about this loner. Like, well, it's a whole crew and cast. Someone wrote it, directed it, uh, film uh, company greenlit it, all this stuff. So clearly we're not alone in that thought process. It's a nice comfort to see because uh, the person who created this um, is clearly got a very active, very dark imagination, but which is not to say that we're dark or whatever, but we're definitely, I guess, what you wouldn't view as normal. Um, whatever the fuck that is. Because yeah, anyone that I, like, think is, like, you know, like, the quintessential, like, typical person, the second you get to know them, I'm like, oh, you're weird, too. We're all weird. Yeah, we're all weird. I, I don't know. I consider myself pretty normal, um, even, you know... Even though I like, you know, quote unquote dark stuff, mm-hmm. to me that's normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's whatever. Um, I obviously don't have a problem if you are weird. Uh, we've been married almost ten years, together for almost thirteen. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, you sing the family video thing. I used to work at this uh, video store. In- well, okay, I didn't really work there. I was just always kind of there. Uh, the year or so that I spent in Three Rivers, there was this video store um, called Cover to Cover, which anyone that I told about it whenever I moved back was like, that sounds like a bookstore. I'm like, it does, but it clearly used to be a restaurant. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. I always wanted to work at a video store when I was a, a teenager, and by the time I finally got a call from Blockbuster... Uh, I had just started a job at Super Salad, so I lost my chance. 
So my my parents weren't like like please don't quit this job. I'm like no, you don't understand. It's fucking blockbuster. This is the dream. Which, and, and look at blockbuster now. Well, <laughs> well, like actually, like talking to friends that work at blockbuster, they're like, you don't want to work here. Um, like yeah, but like you don't. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> it's the quickest way to kind of like start getting a little agitated about film. Um, but uh, so just kind of hanging out there all the time because there weren't a lot of places to hang out in Three Rivers, at least that I found. Um, there would be there would be normal, you know, regular customers, and that's it. Was very soon when I found out, like, oh, you also have porn, um, but you keep it all behind the counter, and it's like, okay, here's you know, um, comes in every Friday. He doesn't care what you give him; just give him something straight, like. So I get to pick something, and this guy, like, knowing that this guy... And, yeah, he's, like, the nicest, like, cool dude, but he just walks up. It's like, hey, got something for me? And you go, here you go. It'll be da-da-da. And he's like, cool, see you in a couple days. And you're like, okay. <laughs> That's weird. So you knew, you knew what people liked. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like he came back. He's like, oh, this one scene just... <laughs> or anything like that, but uh... and they were, they were VHS tapes. No, uh, they were DVDs. DVDs. The the fun thing about porn is on VHS, like you know where you just left off at. I would think, and I'm saying I would think, knowing full well this is what I did, is uh no, you know that, and you rewind it. Oh. And just remember where to fast forward back <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> so it always looks like you're you haven't started it yet. You're like, no, that's so stupid. I can't believe that someone gave me this as a gag gift. I'm never gonna watch it. <laughs> um <laughs> But okay, so family family video. Mm-hmm. Um and this was kind I'd seen it I think once before learning that it was so important to you. I didn't know anyone that was really into it. But I didn't my friends growing up, uh in Arlington, Texas, uh, we watched horror movies often. I wouldn't say that nobody didn't uh, really share the same horror stuff as me, but as a kid, young, young, I didn't have a lot of friends, and I was watching, like, Hellraiser at fucking 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, or um, Child's Play, again, is a big one. And, you know, parents would be like, hey, you shouldn't be watching this. I'm like, hey, it's fake. Calm the fuck down. Um, but... We didn't really watch, as teenagers, I watched the weird, like, old school stuff or, like, um, like the campy stuff, like Evil Dead or mm-hmm. um, House uh, or House 2, a second yeah. story. I liked House 1 better than House I 2. I think I saw House 2 before I saw House 1, so I was very confused at why it, like, when I finally saw House, why it was so much darker than 2. Yeah. Not even really thinking. I'm like, but there's like a caterpillar puppy in two. Where's the caterpillar puppy? It's just about a dude that's sad his family's dead. What's that about? <laughs> was it the same house? Or no. Is it a different house? I think it was a different house. I wonder if it's like an anthology kind of thing. Uh, well, that, yeah, anthological. It's kind of like, what was it? I'm one of the few people that liked Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, after two... We should make like the Halloween series like about Halloween itself and try to make it anthological. And everybody fucking hated it because they didn't know, like in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, they're like, oh, you know, if Robert England's going to ask for this much money, we'll just get a dude in a mask, not knowing that Robert England was the franchise. 
you know, that Freddy Krueger was the franchise. Mm -hmm. But like Halloween, they didn't know that Michael Myers was the franchise. Nobody gave a fuck that these were slasher films on Halloween. They cared about Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, And I guess maybe that was the same thing with Houses. I liked it because actually it was incredibly kid friendly. The second one? Yeah. 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 First one's definitely not. No. No, it's got, what was it, that dude from Night Court? Mm Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it like Bull or Bull, something? Yeah. yeah, Robert Mole. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it also had the dude from uh, The Greatest American Hero. Leave it or not, I'm <laughs> walking on air. Yes. Never thought I could feel so. Why'd you do this to me? You did that to yourself. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't Wing at a prayer. Sorry. <laughs> I have a feeling Pertus won't like that. Um, this this is an odd one because when we've done episodes of that anime show in the past, it's a three mic setup, and you're still in there, mm-hmm. but now you're locked in a booth with me. So the session's just going. Uh, who knows how this will turn out? So it might for, crash. We forg- never know. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Forgive us. And. I'm realizing I think you're playing the director's cut right now. I didn't think I was. Like, I had that option, and I didn't. I chose the non-director cut. But the scene's not in the normal one. No, uh, I guess we'll know whenever <laughs> speaks. Yeah. Because uh, that was a big thing. And if you're a horror fan, I think I'm giving too much away here, even with the beeps, uh, is... Um, or however the fuck we edited. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell right now. I still don't know. Um is uh that's how I look whenever she's singing. Um is uh they initially dubbed over with another actor and of course he had spent all this time learning an accent. So in the director's cut of this, it's actually I think they actually went back and had him his actual audio or redubbed him. But that like I know what sounds like. I have mm-hmm. an unhealthy obsession with that man's voice. Yes. With many people's voices, but Keith David, um, there are many, but okay. So aside from, uh, I'd mentioned the, and we'll figure out if it's director's cut. Now it's bothering me. Um, I'd kind of mentioned, you know, when we were talking about the fact that that anime show didn't come back and it's been over five years since we quit the show, Mm -hmm. um, you've since, uh, stopped being an engineer at Funny, even though we both, both you and I work with Funny all the time, you're just not an employee of Funimation anymore. Right. right. So what happened, okay, like, let's assume that the people that are listening either really want to know, uh, like, who the fuck you really are, what you do, or they listen to that anime show and it's been a minute and what the hell's been going on with you? So I left Funimation. Uh, um, so while I was there um and working on that anime show i think there were even some episodes where we mentioned where i was going to school in the last one you were doing homework yeah um, i put myself through college uh to get my bachelor's in environmental science believe the um the proper designation is uh, natural resource management with an emphasis in ecological restoration um oh that oh that that's everyone yeah. I know so many people. So much. Um, but yeah, I, I went through, put myself through school, um, you know, left Funimation and uh, randomly I got a job at a mortgage company uh, being a financial analyst. Um, oddly, 
a lot of finance industries try to take scientists away because most scientists can look at the data um, and the uh, the Excel spreadsheets and whatnot and kind of extrapolate what's going on and present it in a way that's more understandable than people who have a finance degree. Because um, hmm. one of the one of the uh, the classes that I had to take was uh, community communicating science to non scientists, um, and that was basically to take all this information that we get and then kind of not necessarily dumb it down, but um, put it in a way that most everyday people can understand. So you would be the character in a movie that goes through this whole jargon and, you know, the one asshole detective takes out cigarettes and says, English. Yes, or... yes, exactly. <laughs> and you go, this. This. Uh, um, so, yeah, so I left uh, so I left Funimation. Um, you had root beer floats on your last day. Uh, not root beer floats. Uh, oh. Guinness floats. Oh. Yeah. It was, uh, that doesn't sound good. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, my boss. Um, so it's on, a root beer float, but with Guinness. Yeah. Uh, so on my last day, my um, um, boss had a, not necessarily a going away party, but a, hey, you're leaving. So uh, long. Thanks for all the fish. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and so he bought a bunch of beer and, um, the audio department had, you know, a quote unquote lunch. <laughs> um, and, uh, he made me a Guinness float and it was actually really good. Like, like I, you rarely drink, but when you do, it's a dark beer, like a Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stout. stout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I left there and went to work for a mortgage company, um, and I was there for about six months. Uh, I told, um, you know, I just kind of ran the numbers and kept on telling my boss that uh, the company was losing money, um, that, you know, he couldn't be spending money this way, blah, 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 left and right. And he was, he'd always have an excuse of, oh, you know, that, that's just a one-time thing. Like, like this won't happen again. It's just a one-time uh, issue. Um, and within six months, he lost $450 million dollars. Um, that's all though. That's it. That's all I he mean, lost. what is that? Yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> so he, he didn't really understand the magnitude of how much money that was. And this is at the time when Greece was going on. So I told him he could have bought the entire country of Greece for that amount of money. Mm. And that finally kind of, you know, stuck in his head. And, uh, then he said, um, yeah, with all that, we're going to have to shut down. So I got laid off. Uh, then, um, you know, I had plenty of time to, um, you know, look for another job. Like, I think, I think you and I went to a con and I forgot where it was. Mm. Um, but we were coming back from the con and, um, and like the day that we got back from the convention, um, is when I got the notification of, Hey, you know, we're all, Oh, we had just, and we're like, yeah, no, da, da, da. Cause there was a chance like people were going to get moved around or something. Yeah. And it was a, like the flight back. Like you got a notification when we landed on the phone, like, Hey, you have two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And then, so my boss was able to make it to where it, you know, was to the end of the year. And then finally, so, so all in all, it lasted um, probably about three more months before, uh, it was officially done. I with, so within that time, I you know looked for jobs left and right. Uh, I had a few job opportunities, um, but sadly, being uh, somebody that's you know mid career change from the entertainment industry to science, it was the the pay 
was a little insulting and uh, for someone mid career. Yeah, for someone mid career. Yeah, um, you know, basically, I would have to take a pay cut. Um, you know from the mortgage company, and even when I was working at Funimation, a pay cut from that. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, well, I mean, I was making this in high school. Why would I want to make this when I'm 35? Because that's typically what they would pay someone straight out of college, probably. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so after after a few months of looking around and, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I did not really want to get back into the entertainment industry. I ended up calling Christopher Sabat. And saying, hey, uh, I've got some, you know, uh, some time off coming up. And if you have any contract work, that would be cool. Uh, for the longest time, me and Chris were actually trying to work together. But things just didn't work out. Uh, as an employee of Funimation, he uh, tried to kind of hire me with his business, Okotron 5000. And it just wouldn't look good. So he didn't want to, you know, mess with any of the politics on that. <laughs> Which we both got. Yeah, 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 totally. I wasn't mad at him or yeah. anything, you know, um, or Funimation. It was just, it was just the way it was. So you just kind of felt like you were burned out. Yeah, with it. Uh, yeah, not necessarily not like a, over. It. Yeah, not necessarily Funimation, but just as as an industry as a whole. Because um, engineering for. Yeah, at the time I was engineering for about twenty years. Um, you know, I was a live sound engineer for the longest time. When we met, I was mm -hmm. already running live sound. Before that, I worked at recording studios. So I've been in the industry for quite a while, and I just got tired of it. I just needed a change. I get so, that. Yeah. So I called Chris, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we got a project coming up. Turned out that it was Xenoverse Two, and so I worked on that as um, uh, engineer and, and audio editor. And he was just like, "Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be you know in this until it's done." And then, you know, three months later, I was like, hey, so what are we doing? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just going to be till the end of the year. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. And then he, at the end of the year, he's like, oh, no, no, uh, we're, we're just going to bring you on. I'm like, okay, cool. So I became an employee after that. And now I'm a producer, voice director, and audio engineer at Okatron 5000, uh, where I've worked on um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Is it Fighter Z or Fighters? I say it both. Fighter Z. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that way all like the 12 year olds roll their eyes at me? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, it, it is Fighter Z. There was even a kid that's like, Fighter Z? I'm like, ah. And he like looks at me like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fighters. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> and. I just hit the microphone. Oops. <gasps> you hit the... Oh. Uh, ah! No. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Fighter Z, uh, also Paladins and Realm Royale and uh, a new one that I can't really Smite. talk about yet. Smite. Donald Schultz is in charge of Smite. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he also takes care of the... Live actions that we get in, and you know some of the random animes that we do for Funimation. Uh, Okatron Five Thousand is a contract studio for Funimation. We do Dragon Ball, but we are a contract studio. For I think them. that actually bums a lot of people out when they tour the studios. of funny is they're expecting to see Dragon Ball. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. no, that's like forty minutes away from here. <laughs> yeah, it's done at a different studio. And... But funny does it? Just Raleigh Pickens, Christopher Sabat are the ones that are directing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Raleigh takes care of the sh series. Donald has Smite and uh, live action stuff and some anime. 
And then I take care of, um, I'm still getting DLC content for fighter or for, um, uh, some of the older ones that we've been, uh, working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's, I think I've got, uh, five games that I'm managing right now. I'm, uh, supervising on a couple of them. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. And yeah. And I game, brought, game I, work is insane. It is. Yeah, and I hired you to do some script supervising, as you just said. Well, Christopher Sabbath hired me. He did. He, how did he hire you? He called... I'm, I thought I mentioned that in the first episode. I don't remember. That because of the uh, because of the book I wrote and Sabbath acting in it, he was like, hey, called me. When I was waiting for a flight in the, like, Admiral's... Admiral's Club. Admiral's Club is pretending to be French for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what about American Airlines says I should pretend to be French. His French accent, Sabbath's French accent, isn't that bad? They're like, hello, Mr. T. And this is me doing a really bad French accent. Like, you're wondering how you were liking the mm-hmm. Admiral's Club. I'm like, dude, I have your number. And then uh, it's like, hey, so Stephen really needs help. Because... Um, in most games where it's an international thing, more often than not, because of time, you're getting direct translations. And um, unlike uh, what I'm accustomed to seeing at most studios, you guys, you, Donald and Raleigh, do everything. So you're directing, engineering, and doing rewrites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a lot. So when it's something like that and you're pressed for time... Uh, I get called in to smooth stuff out so people can sound like people because um, yeah. that's my strength. That's mm-hmm. always been my strength whenever I would be in script writing classes or creative writing is uh, the dialogue. I really like um, jumping from character to character, being like, okay, well, so-and-so would say this or blah, blah, blah. But what's also really cool about some of the video games we worked on is – working on such long-standing franchises and having actors be like, uh, and most of the time it's in a, uh, a chill way where it's like, my character wouldn't say that. And like, well, I have to defer to you because you've been playing this character for like two freaking decades. And, uh, yeah. Like, okay, what would your character say? That's kind of like this because I need like five more seconds of dialogue. What, what, what else would they say? Like, I don't know. I just know they wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can tell you what they wouldn't say. <laughs> I can tell you what they wouldn't say. Like, yeah. would they say this? Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, you're a better writer than I am. That's why you got brought brought Aww. on. I, I do not pretend to be a great writer. And when it comes to, you know, in Booth, when we're localizing those games, it's just like, I don't know what to add here because I... I'm not a writer. Usually, um, I can be like, on it. Um, it's gotten so good now that actually, uh, when I got brought on um, in April of last year, or March, the beginning of, uh, the end of March, the beginning of April last year, I directed the last two episodes of Junji Ito, and um, uh, I didn't realize, yeah, because um, when I, I directed uh, Rideback or Baka, and Test or uh, Shigabana Hime, um, I wasn't a confident script writer. So it uh, just shows how quick it would come because I would be watching stuff and be like, this is going to be short. And my engineer would be like, are you sure? I'm like, I can tell you right now. Yes. And uh, I think some actors are accustomed to like it being a minute, but now I'm used to that video game time. We're like, do-do. They're like, oh, oh, okay. 
Like, it's rewritten. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't have to deal with flaps of the video. Well, on most video game localizations, you don't have to really deal with flaps. Mouth flaps, yes. Um, some of them you do. The ones that we have been working on lately, not it's so both. much. Yeah. It's yeah. both a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then going, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah. So that's been fun. But aside from, okay, so aside from being producer man, which, mm-hmm. yeah, is kind of crazy. I think that's just um, something we've talked about several times where, you know, you just don't know where someone's going to end up. Because as an engineer, uh, seeing as being as a director and an actor, I've seen some people that don't get, you know, the be nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. If any, like if anything, it just helps your your karma down the line. But if you want to be shitty about it and really need a reason, a, like a, a more tangible reason to not be a shit, it's you never know where these people are. You're going to find these people again. So people that are so condescending or perhaps kind of treat engineers as less than, it's kind of funny when it's uh like, what so and so is a producer now? I'd be like, yeah, and. They remember how you like almost destroyed their five thousand dollar microphone because you didn't like the way it was placed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, most engineers will grow up and become producers or directors or sound designers or supervising um, sa- uh, uh, um, sound designers and stuff like that. Or and actors it, too. Or, yeah, and it, yeah, or even actors. So uh, it's just other engineers that we've seen. Uh, Bevins, I think, started out as an engineer mm-hmm. at Funny, and uh, Tyler, Tyler Walker, Walker Zach Justin Bolton, Cook. Justin Cook. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris George, mm-hmm. phenomenal director. Um, I Kyle met Phillips. Kyle, yeah, that's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, I met Kyle um, when I was interning, and he would uh, uh, like you said that he had like a mohawk at one point. I don't remember the mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Um, two thousand se- <laughs> thousand six or two thousand seven, he had a pink mohawk. No, yeah, no. He looks like the quintessential like like dad character now. Yeah, he's got like the dad beard and like the the like very cropped like combed hair. <laughs> uh, well, he always wore a hat. I remember he always wore a hat. But um, he was an engineer on One Piece, and now yeah, uh, the arc of um, fairy tale where Virgo turns evil. That was my first chance really working with him as a director, and I also believe. That arc is the only time I ever got written up, at least positively, for Virgo. Uh, and uh, I attribute that to Kyle um, just knowing, like, we've both seen each other grow. Let me play in a way that I wasn't used to being able to play with Virgo. But uh, Chris George also, yeah, we met doing a video race together. And now he, uh, oh, you're getting caught up in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... It's it's pretty rad. But aside from that, like with the degree, uh, did you have, and I'm asking both as a wife that's forgetful and as a, you know, host of the show of Obscure Chatter, hi, hard-hitting journalism here. Was there an actual end goal specifically pertaining to you getting your degree in environmental science? I know at one point you said that you were thinking about becoming a teacher. Yeah, I was thinking about becoming a teacher. Um, I did want to work uh, to get my PhD in some kind of uh, science. Um, Mainly, I wanted to get my bachelor's just so I could get a job and kind of get out of the the entertainment industry altogether. 
I really liked being out in the field doing uh, the sample gathering and you know, actually getting the numbers down and, and you know, just kind of not being in an office. Yeah. Being outside was, was kind of what I really wanted to do. Um, you know, and through that, I, I ended up listening to an NPR uh, segment about um, acoustical ecology. And that kind of piqued my interest because, you know, at the time I was in school and an audio engineer. And it's it a really out, good marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it turns out that it's a thing. Like it, it is a, it is a type of science where you analyze the acoustics of an environment, and then you can kind of figure out uh, either what's going on with noise pollution to the uh, population in an area, or what's going on with the population numbers by listening to their calls and and how they respond to each other, and you can non-invasively do a population management strategy that way. Uh, there, I mean, it, it has so many different applications. Like there's one study that analyzed the um, road noise from bridges and what that did to the population of fish that were around the pillars of the bridges with the vibration and everything. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that a certain species of fish just stopped breeding where those uh, locations were and that population started declining. Wasn't that, uh, that reminded me, like, it was a couple weeks ago. Who knows by how long this uh, this episode airs. Um, there was a congressman that did something about that uh, where yeah. he, he had gotten permission from everybody else on the board, but he was asking, I forget who he was asking, um, but he had an air horn and found that uh, the construction that this guy was directly involved in, the guy that the congressman was questioning, like the air horn had to, would have had to have been amplified by 5,000 times or 500 times yeah. to really replicate the and blah, 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 you know, the, and said, how would that not affect, you know, the wildlife in the area? And the guy was basically like, well, yeah, but they can go somewhere else. He's like, can they though? And it was just really interesting. And I actually had to message you. I'm like, this is the same thing that you're, we've been talking about, right? Yeah. It's just, I thought that was a good thing. But, like, it's not necessarily a new science, but it's still, it would kind of fall into that same heading as being so new that it would be hard to really make a career at. Yeah. I'm uh, sure people do. Yeah, yeah. It's still very new. I think it's from the 70s. But even even Like you. I am. Even from even ecology itself is a new science. When ecology first came about, they didn't really consider it a valid science. They just considered it as like like a soft science. Um, What's a soft science? Uh, psychology would be a oh okay soft science. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, if enough people can form that career and form that field and prove that, you know, noise pollution does affect the environment, then yeah, it becomes a valid science. Mm-hmm. So it's still, you know, I'm still very interested in, in that whole thing. Oh, it's still kind of like, even um, even just in the neighborhood, sometimes I'll see, uh, like, cause we live near a, an elementary school. Um, there are always games going on, and, and that's usually a day that I won't see birds in the yard, and yeah. <laughs> just very minuscule in comparison. But all right, so I'd say that because of school, 
this also well I, I I still find it funny that you went into financial like the financial sector because it's just so not the Stephen that I'm accustomed to seeing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're a guy covered in tattoos with gauged ears. I forget. Did you have to take out your pil- your plugs? I did for the first few weeks. And then my uh, boss was just like, uh, yeah, you don't have to do that. I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> um, but I think that happens with a lot of science majors, especially in Texas. Because for science majors, the big thing is finance or Oil. Oil. Yeah. Um, that that can be a generalization. A generalization. It has been a long day, and I'm French right now. Yes. Not not anymore. Sorry, guys. And but uh, another thing about that is you. Yes, you are very good with numbers, and I really don't understand how you can figure out all these formulas. Like uh, I, I broke a formula. Just help me. How? I don't know, but you'll know in two <laughs> fucking seconds. Help me. Well, people who are good with math are generally bad in um, language skills, like reading and writing. And, and then they know good talkie. And they know no good talkie. And then the reverse is true. Those who are really good at writing and language skills are um, bad at math. Uh, I've done research in the subject, and I can tell you that, at least for me, that is very much the case. I was so bad at math. I took geometry twice. And um, I think I barely passed remedial math in college. Luckily for my degree, it wasn't until like I was about to graduate that they're like, "Oh, you, uh, you only needed to do that. You've done this." Um, and you know, <laughs> just for the the film, I really feel like this is this would be a bigger deal if I'd read the book. Yeah, um, like it's that like, oh, I'm like what's happening? Um, I mean, I still love it, and. Anyways, we were talking about your, your growth as a person. And I don't remember how you started uh, backup hunting. I think once we – so during that anime show, we were both vegetarians. And, you know, we did it all the wrong way. And Well, I became a vegetarian because I was dating a vegetarian. Yeah. And that, that's generally what happens. Uh, but we we kind of did it the wrong way and didn't re- we weren't really healthy vegetarians, and so we just we were like, well, we could do all this and not eat meat substitutes and have all these other kinds of nuts and um, other sources of protein, or we can just have a steak and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, <laughs> I, you don't eat steak, you yeah, I don't, I don't eat beef, but just just doing the numbers and the math uh, on it, it just made more sense just to become meat eaters again. And and then with what I learned in school with environmental science and everything, it made me realize that kind of farm raised animals, like the, the big production um, industry farm raised animals uh, were really bad for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just the, just the food that they, they eat. They're not biologically um, able to digest that food properly, and it turns into fat. Mo- like most, uh, um, you know, farm-raised animals, like, like chickens, um, are, have a higher fat content than wild turkey. Uh, farm-raised pigs have a higher fat content than um, than wild hogs. Beef uh, cows have a higher fat fat content than elk or deer. 
it's just the nature of it because they eat corn and that's what packs mm-hmm. on the pounds. That's what gets them to market faster. That's what makes more profit. So getting back into hunting seemed like the logical next step to be healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know. Already hearing the groaning. Yeah. <laughs> there's this idea, like this, there's this image in your head of like the. The yokel that's, like, drinking beer the whole time, blah, blah, blah. That's never been a hunter that I've actually seen. And I know most hunters, and it might seem condescending to some people, but most hunters I know are incredibly respectful of the animal. Yeah, yeah. And most hunters are, by nature, conservationists. Mm-hmm. You know, the like, as a hunter, why would I want to go out into a field and destroy a habitat where I get my food from. Mm-hmm. The, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, a lot of people have the uh, the ideas that hunters just go out and kill for fun. Like, I don't enjoy killing. I No, you're not one of these assholes like, woo! You yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, they're there. Yeah, there, some people do enjoy killing, um, but I don't. Like, I if, if I didn't feel anything when I actually killed the animal, like, I would just be kind of psycho, a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and... So, yeah, I do it for, you know, our health and, and our, you know, food and everything. It's grocery shopping. It is. Like, who can say that they went out to the woods um, for a week and brought back enough food for the year? I – there were people – because you posted about your last one. There were people that never talked to me, that actively sought me out. Like, so Stephen got a deer? Like, you know, like, tell me about it. I'm like, I wasn't there, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Like with a bow and arrow, because you don't hunt yeah, with a gun. Yeah, I don't hunt with a gun at all. Um, like, but the the story of the the last one about you, because uh, is it rules just in Texas or is it everywhere? Like, you're not supposed to take the head, or you are supposed to take the head. Yeah, in Texas. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So in Texas, you um, proof of sex is keeping the head. Uh, you don't have to keep the genitals, but you do have to keep the head well, uh, of the of the. I'm sure it makes sense, but I don't understand. Because uh, of population management in Texas, you can anytime you buy a hunting license, you automatically get five deer tag. Uh, you can use them all on does, or you can use three on does and two on bucks. Uh, bucks being the males. I know. Well, those that that don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> and. The reason that, that they have so many doe tags is because that's the population management. You can kill, you know, you, you can kill men, but the women are the ones that are reproduce. Biologically, men are just, you know, just kind of there as like a here's here's half the DNA and that's it. You guys, the females are the ones. <laughs> Don't lump me in with this animal <laughs> with that you're killing, please. That would be great. <laughs> um, but that's no, why we have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> No, but no, females. Uh, if anyone hears this recording, please save it. <laughs> but biologically, females drive the population. Did so you know? if you want to control a population, you you know kind of control the population of the females who run the world. Exactly, girls. Uh, but yes, you have to keep the head of the animal. Um, so yeah, uh, some states uh, require you to take the whole take the entire animal and not field dress it. Texas allows you to quarter the animal and take it out as long as you have the head. Um, and some states require you to 
that you can't because of CWD, which is chronic wasting disease, that you cannot cross state lines with um, any spinal matter. So ahead. Oh, all um, these rules. Yeah, yeah. Each state is different. You have to learn learn the laws in every state that you hunt in. Uh, so so you keep everything safe. And CWD is a huge problem out west. Uh, basically, it's a it's a mad cow disease for deer. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody knows how it spreads. Nobody knows how it's contracted. Uh, there has been some recent studies that show that a species of monkey can contract CWD by eating the meat mm-hmm. from the, from the deer. So, states where CWD is present, you are it is mandated that you take your animal to the check station. They'll run the tests. And then contact you a week later if the if it's if it's positive. Mm. And then some states say you can eat it if you want. Here's the results. You can destroy the meat if you want. We can come and take the meat away from you and destroy it. It's it's your option. But as uh, as somebody like myself who uh, subscribes to the precautionary principle, I would rather be safe and just not eat it than. Eat it, and then you know, twenty years later, like all of a sudden, I have a bunch of holes in my brain. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, but totally. It, it's um, holes in the brain that I probably already have. Huh? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but CWD is uh, it, it is a problem. It's very scary, and unfortunately, here in about fifty years, we're probably not going to have any more hunting because of it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna spread, and it spreads to all deer species. So that includes elk, uh, caribou, moose, deer. Any moose any... are considered deer. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I thought they were. But moose are the largest deer uh, deer species mm, on the planet. It's the orca of deer. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> me being a dick to my nephew, and I'm like, hey, he's like, I love whales. And I'm like, what's your favorite whale? He's like, a killer whale. I'm like, actually, to a fucking, like, six-year-old, like, actually, an orca is the largest dolphin. And he went, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you need to know that. Screw your imagination. (laughs) Now, why don't you answer me? What's your favorite whale? And you can't say orca or killer whale. Um, So, moose. Moose. Orca of the land. Yes. Um, what? But... <laughs> Derailed. That's what I do. That's Welcome awesome. to Obscure Chatter. What movie are we watching again? Grabber. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay, so we were talking about like your last hunt. You did some field dressing? Yeah, yeah. I so I hunt on public land. Um here in Texas, Texas is 99% private land. So the 1% that is public land, we have the option to hunt on. How do you know? Where, oh, I don't know. I'm hmm. um, just wondering, like, how you uh, figure out where you can and can't go. Like, is there, uh, like, a one site or you just kind of have to look where you go? You kind of have to look um, on the uh, the Texas Wildlife and Game site. On what is public land, they have it listed, you know, where it is. A lot of public land in Texas is, it's kind of small. Um, you know, some of it's designated as 
only for um, dove hunting, only for rabbit and squirrel hunting, only for hog hunting. There's very few public um, land parcels that have deer on them that you can that you can hunt, um, especially in, in in north central Texas like this. Uh, when you get out to West Texas, it's you know more mule deer out there in, in the desert, and that's a different type of hunt than white-tailed deer here. Um, but yeah, you just look on the website and you can kind of figure out where you want to hunt. Um, you know, I found a spot close close to the Metroplex, a couple of spots where I just go to the office, and and the way one of them works is it's done on a lottery system. So I apply and say, hey, I want to hunt here. Here's my information. <laughs> Um, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I hit the microphone again. Sorry, let me move. Uh, I'm moving this. Ah, ah, ah. Better. I'll probably still hit it because I talk with my hands. But um, so you uh, go to the... I talk with my... I'm sorry, I was doing hand puppets. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> so you go to the uh, the website or to the office and be like, hey, I want to hunt here. And then they take your information and you get drawn for it. And if you get drawn for it, then you can hunt there. The more we're talking about this, the more your accent's coming up. Yeah. Which everyone, if we're just traveling, people are like, where are you guys from? And I'm like, well, I'm an, I'm a Navy brat, but I was born in Philly. Uh, but I've lived in Texas most of, my, most of my life. They'll be like, yeah, but you were born in Pennsylvania. I hear that Pennsylvania. But if you're with me, they're like, oh, you're from Pennsylvania too? Like, bitch, I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it, you and Sarah, it doesn't really come out unless we're talking about like Texan things mm. or if you're both tired or drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes. All right. Um, lottery. If lotter- you get drawn. Yeah. Lottery. If you get drawn, you can hunt. Um, and as, you know, as taxpayers, we all own that land. Mm-hmm. Like you, you and I can just go out to the uh, land and have a permit to be on the land and uh, basically a parking pass to, you know, be like, hey, we're just, we're just here. So you need a permit even though it's public land. Yeah. Basically. To hunt. To hunt, yeah. Because um, I know you've run into, like, homeless people that are just there. Yeah. And you can't be like, hey, man, I'm trying to hunt. Yeah, you're yeah. there on public land. Right. Um, you know, it's everybody's to do whatever you want with, uh, within reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I went uh, I went to one uh, unit and uh, harvested the deer. And instead of dragging the deer several hundred yards to my car, um, I ended up, you know, butchering it in the field where I skinned it, gutted it. Sorry again if you're squeamish, Gus. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, quartered it, which quartering um, means that you remove the front and back legs. Um, Throw but, quarters on them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Play, play that, what is it, that <laughs> so beer that, drinking game quarters. Oh, God. Uh, and then remove the back straps and the tenderloins. Um, ba- basically, I took the entire deer carcass minus the skin um, and the uh, the ribs and the the spine. Um, yum. Yes, yes, yum. But I want to, you know, wanted to be able to use the entire animal instead of going to, you know, a butcher like like dragging the animal to a, a processor and say, oh, just give me the meat, and then they don't they don't give me the entire animal. How the fuck do you find a processor? I don't get. There's so many rules. You just Google it. Just Google no deer processing. I refuse. <laughs> And, um, You're a hunter. You have to hunt it down. Yes. Yes. Learn it. You don't you, Google, like, where is the nearest buck? Yeah. If, you, if you're if you a hunter, learn how to process the animal yourself. You'll be able to get more 
cooking options from that animal than just going to a, a, a um, processing plant and say, just give me the meat. Because th- then you don't get the bones, you don't keep the heart, you don't keep the... <laughs> Um, you don't, uh, keep the, uh, the, the liver if you're into that. I don't like eating organ meat. Um, you know, I'll keep the heart, but like the liver and the kidneys I want to eat. By the way, if you're an anti-hunter or whatever, totally fine. If you don't like wearing leather or anything like that, that's not a big deal. Yeah, that's fine. You know? I don't care. Yeah. Well, and vice versa. I think when we were vegetarians, a lot of people are like, oh, right on. Like, like we were doing it for like a statement or something. I'm like, no. No. Um, I mean, for some people it is other people, it's dietary. Um, but again, yeah. So you broke it down. Yeah. Broke it down, packed it up, um, in my, uh, nice little mystery ranch, uh, backpack. Um, (laughs) you and mystery. I love mystery ranch. They're, they're great bags. Not only do they do hunting bags, but they do hiking and, um, uh, emergency bags, like, like for first responders, for um, firemen. Mm-hmm. Um, Firefighters. Firefighters. Jesus, sorry. I'm, Stephen. I'm it's 2019. Fucking <laughs> <Locking> hell. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I quartered it up, put it in my bag, um, you know, kept the head and brought it, you know, brought it to... The hotel wow. you were staying at? Yes, I had to stay at a hotel <laughs> because the place that I went hunting at was that I was going to camp at was flooded. We've been having some major flooding yeah. these past couple of years. Uh, so all the campgrounds were closed indefinitely because of the floods. Um, so I had to get a hotel room. So I brought it back to the hotel room and, um, you know, just kind of um, process. Dextered a whole room. <laughs> uh, not not really Dexter or the whole room. I, you know, just kind of uh, kept it where I needed to keep it and kept it cold. Because um, with Texas law, you have to, you can't process it fully until you get to your final destination. So mm. being home is my final destination. So you have to keep it in, you know, quarters and whatnot. And, um, and uh, you know, in a, basically in case the game warden pulls you over and says, Hey, what you got there? They can actually look at it instead of, you know, all, a bunch of already like packaged up meat. Hmm. But yeah. Um, but so everybody freaked out because I, I did that. No. Well, I, I think it's because so many of us, I don't know, like camping is surreal for a lot of our friends. Uh, for me, it's just something I don't want to do. They're like, oh, so you're a little diva. Like, oh, not to be like all. Oh, Sheldon Cooper or whatever, but I'm like, we spent quite an amount of time perfecting indoors. This is true. I um, It's just not for me. I've enjoyed camping. I don't know if I've ever gone camping with you, Mm-mm. but uh, the, I think the last time I went camping was at uh, Dinosaur Valley in Glen Rose with my dad. Um, uh, no, I'm sure there were other times. It's just not a really big thing for me. I, I would I wouldn't mind giving it a shot with you again. Um, but the circumstances, pardon me, it would have to be right. And- yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, being comfortable is nice. I mean, the older I get, the less I want to shit in the woods. Um, can we you cuss? Know- <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can cuss. Okay. I was, I was not looking at you because you cussed. I was looking at you because you gave me the image of you shitting in the woods. Oh, okay. That would be what I was giving okay. you a ugh, face for. All right. Um, 
you know what? I want to say from a very early age, I knew I didn't want to shit in the woods. Yeah, it's that's, not fun. That's it's not a good thing. That's just me. Um, uh, so if we do, um, when we go camping, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll do a state park that has, you know, bathrooms. and. You know, I'm like fucking Donna Meagle about this. You know, like, <laughs> I want this, 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 and like, it's that Ron Swanson, like, it's a hotel. You're describing a hotel. <laughs> um, I, I'm a, well, I've actually like, had an e-reader so it's like well no i need like my at least 10 books with me and like no you fucking don't i'm like don't i though <laughs> you never know you just need your kindle and just, yeah yeah and it's it's a beautiful thing but yeah camping camping is fun and i really see why it's a really big deal to a lot of people but anytime you've gone with our friends they're like holy shit if it weren't for steven we would have died and like <laughs> Why did you guys go there? <laughs> um, but like, well, you know, I just wanted to have fun. But it was like every five seconds, it's like, Steven, Steven, anyone that I hear that from. So then when they hear about you, like, you know, just being on your own and your last trip, it's just you'd made uh, where you caught this deer. It wasn't your last trip. But uh, when you when you caught it, it was on your first day. You hadn't even fully set up for the day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I found it. And like, well, damn it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like just... it was in the first few hours of me getting set up, um, mm-hmm. where I where I harvested the the deer, um, and yeah, it was just that, that's usually how it works. Where you go in, and some days it's just you don't have any luck. Some days you see things and you can't get to it. Being an archery hunter, I'm very limited on how close I can get. Um, Without spooking the animal. Yeah, without spooking the animal and with doing an ethical um, shot, you know, uh, usually. Uh, what do you, uh, I'm sorry, what do you mean by like an ethical shot? Uh, so it, as an archery hunter, my range uh, on uh, on an ethical shot is probably about 60 yards mm-hmm. um, on my new on my new setup. My old setup, it was um, 40 yards because of the, the way the site was outside of that. I didn't have a 50 or 60 yard pin, so I couldn't um, confidently shoot that far and know that I would hit the deer. Uh, Whenever you're hunting, you want to make the cleanest, quickest kill that you can Mm -hmm. so the animal doesn't suffer. Um, So ethical shots are, can you see what's uh, behind you, uh, behind the animal? Mm -hmm. Can you see uh, what's um, in front of the animal? Is the animal blocked? Uh, by any kind of like, like uh, shrubs or grass or whatever, uh, is the animal at a, a position that you can shoot them at? So are they quartered? Like, are they broadside? Are they at a point where, so like if the animal's facing you head mm-hmm. on, um, I would never take that shot because I couldn't, I, I, I'm not confident in hitting the heart straight on. Um, where if it's broadside. But you wouldn't want to hit the heart. Would yes. You? Oh, you would? Yeah. Okay, I'm so confused. Yeah, the, the ideal shot for uh, for killing an animal quickly is a double lung and heart shot. Like you, uh, so it's broadside. You hit, um, you know, through one lung, through the heart, and then it exits the other lung. That way, um, it bleeds to death really quickly. Where, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what archery is. It, <laughs> it it's based off of the the channel wound, um, letting the animal bleed to death. Where gunshots works off of hydrostatic shock uh which is what (laughs) What? i'm learning like i've seen unfortunately 
someone get shot, and I've never thought about that. Yeah, it's the the hydrostatic shock is the when the bullet hits the body, it creates the um, the shock wave in the in the in the flesh, which is you know ninety percent water um, or seventy five percent water. So that's the hydrostatic um, shock that the bullet causes. It's it's a shock to the system, not the actual blood loss that kills you. What? Yeah. Uh, so it's like you can you can shoot a deer head on, and that shock is basically like punching the heart directly. Even though if you hit him in the shoulder, the shock wave still goes through the heart and damages the heart. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> And with that, you have more meat loss from it, whereas... Well, that actually happened because you and who I don't know if he'll want us to name him. Yeah. So we'll beep it just yeah, for yeah. safety. But that was the first time you guys, I think, ever did something like that together and had a permit. Mm-hmm. And he killed it with a gun and that was... Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah and it was just a, it was a bad shot. It was... Um, a lot. It was it was an ethical shot, but it was the animal suffered. Yeah, the animal suffered a little bit. It was off. Oh, um, yeah, the, the you s- monster. The sight was off. He didn't realize how far it was, and he sighted it in at a hundred yards. And uh, looking at the map later on, it turns out that it was a two hundred yard shot, which is pretty hefty. Damn. Um, you know, so so yeah, it was a it wasn't a fun ethical or it wasn't a fun shot. I mean, since we're talking about ethical, can you, we've talked about it several times, Um, like, you were talking about how you're not one of these people that's like, oh, hey, like, I fucking killed this, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, when I think of when I used to, and I think we all have that very tired, very tired trope of, like, the hunter, you know, like, I'm just here to kill this thing, and blah, 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 or... um, and, you know, the people that take photos with them is weird. Yeah. Uh, but, like, trophy hunting, can you, ex- uh, since we're talking about ethics and stuff like that, we're not going to talk about assholes that, like, take photos with, like, you know, this, like, endangered animal or this animal that's now extinct that they're like, yeah, I killed this. And, like, yeah, you're a monster. Yeah. You're a dick. But, like, can you explain to me, like, since we're talking about hunting, I think it w- we'd be remiss if we didn't, like, talk about the trophy hunting thing. Yeah. Yeah, so trophy hunting, in a nutshell, is um, you pay a fee to get a specific animal that uh, is not necessarily considered game animal. So like a giraffe or a um, rhino uh, or an elephant, something like that, that you would not necessarily find easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the idea behind uh, that kind of trophy hunting is... Say there's a um, wildlife res- uh, preserve that has, you know, for instance, a rhino I th- um, where the rhino is killing other rhinos. Like it's a male rhino killing other male rhinos, killing um, uh, Babies. K- baby rhinos, killing females. And it's not doing the population any good. It's actually reducing the population. So trophy hunting um, in this ist- instance would be a hunter pays a fee, say $100,000, to go and hunt that particular rhino. They're with a biologist. They're with um, the the land manager, and the you know the both of them will basically say that's the that's the rhino. That's the one we need to get rid of. 
And by getting rid of that one rhino, you're saving that entire population. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hunter gets the, tro- the trophy that they want. The uh, conservation uh, company gets the money that they need to go back into the land management. Uh, so it's just kind of a win-win. And the, the population then can, you know, begin to thrive again because that one problem uh, animal has been taken care of. See, I don't know, like, we had this, I think it was, like, the Adam Conover, yeah, the, mm. the thing that he did about trophy hunting that really made me think, because we, again, we just have this idea, you kind of hear this term randomly, like, thrown out, and you're like, oh, bastard people, that poor rhino, you know, or some, but it was, it's in that same boat for me, like, as hunting, or um, just a lot of stuff, it's just... I was misinformed. Yeah, and that, that's what, what a lot of it is, is just misin- misinformation that's out there. Um, and It's still pretty prevalent because mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons that you left Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, was that um, uh, me and a lot of other hunters that, that I was friends with, uh, you know, particularly with me, I posted um, – it wasn't even any kind of hunting photo or anything. I was trying to – sell a bow sight because I, I upgraded to uh, upgraded to a single pin bow sight, which basically means that I have one pin. Oh, a single pin bow yeah, sight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, it has a, a dial so I can kind of dial in and say, oh, well, that, that, that animal is 42 yards away. I can zone in and get it exactly where I need to be instead of going – uh, lo- looking at three or four pins and going, okay, I need this pin here. It cleans up my sight window. Uh, where I can see the whole animal and just focus on one dot instead of having five or six dots in front of me. But I posted the old bow sight, and it wasn't attached to the bow or anything, and Facebook kept on uh, saying that it violates their terms uh, uh, because it promotes violence and whatnot. And at the same time, a lot of my hunter friends were having their photos flagged for um, obscenity or uh, obscene images where they would – you know, show the, the animal, show it being butchered, show it, you know, being processed and then getting turned into food. That whole process was considered obscene. So I was just done with Facebook and just left because, you know, it's like that that type of censorship is just dumb. It makes no sense. Well, and also I think it's for Facebook specifically when that horrible shooting in New Zealand happened – that video of that the shooter took of the streaming, like that stayed up for how long? Yeah, exactly. Like, but your site immediately, like I, I don't get it. But yeah, um, yeah. So it was just, it was just a weird thing, and uh, you know, it comes to the question of when does, when does a processed animal become food and not offensive? Right. I think that happened to Steve Rinella. Mm-hmm. Like a great book and great channel also what was what's his show meat eater meat eater yeah Yeah. um you got into that from netflix and now Mm -hmm. he's like he's got a whole other thing he's got a couple books and everything yeah but a really cool guy uh and uh he's had people come up to him thinking they're gonna he's like all right well you know i'm a vegan blah 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 like here i was wondering if you would read this brochure and he's always like very like chill about it all right, man, I'll read your brochure if you read my book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he's actually a lot nicer than that. But um, he kept running into issues where he was trying to show how to, like, prepare a meat, and those mm-hmm. kept getting flagged. Yeah, those kept getting flagged, too. So I just got di- tired of Facebook, and now I'm just on Twitter and Instagram, um, desperately trying to promote my website. That Desperately. Uh, desperately. <sighs> <sighs> um, <laughs> that shows desperation, the breathing. Yes. Um, 
my Sound website. Like the beginning of a Britney song. <laughs> Britney. Britney Spears, you monster. Oh, okay. What other Britney would I be referring I don't to? No. <laughs> Britney Karbowski? I mean, she's a phenomenal person and one time we were at lunch, people thought that her daughter was our daughter, and that was nice. Uh, yeah. They went out of our way, uh, out of their way to be like, "By the way, your family's beautiful." And Brittany and I were like, "Thank you, mm, thanks." <laughs> mm. Like, damn right it is. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Karbowski, I believe, is an amazing singer too. Um, I can't say for certain. I don't know if I've ever heard her sing, but great voice actor. But no, I was referring to Britney Spears. You know, like the. <sighs> it's like. <sighs> I'm just trying to make you laugh now. We've got the booth, the booth madness is setting in. It is. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> talking about your website. Yes, my website, uh, huntin.com. It's hunt-in.com. Like dash as uh, hyphen, so hunt-in.com. Um, lack of better words, it's Airbnb for hunters. Uh, because... Okay, so because Texas is 99% private land, uh, it's really hard to find hunting land in Texas uh, unless you go to a lease. Leases are very expensive. So I came up with the idea of, hey, there's there's got to be a website out there that uh, is basically Airbnb for hunters. Um, there's not uh, not a good one anyway where um, you know you don't have to, where you don't have to pay a, a, a membership fee to even look at the sites or that are just filled with outfitters. Um, what my goal is, is to have uh, basically like farmer Joe down the road that has, you know, 40 acres and he's got issues with deer eating his corn crop um, to do the same thing, to be like, Hey, come in, you can stay here, hunt and, you know, just pay me a fee for it. Um that's just you know the the other other states like uh, like Colorado, New Mexico, and Oregon and Montana. A lot of Western states have really good public hunting land, but here in Texas, it's very limited and very pressured and very hard to be on. You know, like um, last year, I I met probably about twenty people out in in the field just by walking you know walking to my spots, meeting them in the parking lot. Kind of like being like, hey, I'm going to be here. You're not going to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it was all respectful of going, hey, I'm going to be over here. Is that going to mess your hunt up? Or, hey, I'm headed over here too. Is it cool if we like walk out together and like, like, like I can go over here? And, you know, so it's just a matter of, you know, kind of figuring out where y'all can hunt uh, without, without um, treading on anybody's, you know, quote unquote territory. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so my, my website huntin.com is what I'm trying to, uh, get going as well. It's a good idea. Thank you. Um, cause I'm I think that that's actually a really hard thing from what I've noticed from seeing you is seeing a new hunter. I think it's really hard being a new hunter now. It is. That's the thing. Like used to, when I was growing up to find hunting land, you would just knock on doors you would have to just, <laughs> yeah, you would just have to go to somebody's house and be like, hey, I noticed you have some land. Like, does anybody hunt on it? Can I hunt on it? And now with the, uh, the um, you know, the internet and, and social media, that skill is gone. Mm -hmm. Nobody really does that anymore. Um, a few people do, but 
most of the, uh, the newer generation don't have that skill mm-hmm. and having, um, you know, the website to go to, to be able to meet the, the hunter, the, the landowners and, um, be able to communicate that way. Most newer kids are going to do that. Yeah. Um, and that, and yeah, newer hunters like, like hunter, um, applications, throughout the United States is declining because newer hunters aren't being introduced to hunting. Mm -hmm. So that is, you know, kind of another thing I want to do with this website is introduce new people to hunting and, um, you know, the methods of cooking and everything. And, you know, I want to be able to film myself cooking and film my hunts so I can kind of get it out there to, to, you know, newer hunters of, Hey, this is a great way to, you know, like you said, to grocery shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stole that from you. Yeah. Did that couple shit that you do, like, you're at a party, or this happens to us all the time. Steven's incredibly quiet and reserved at parties. And he's like, oh, Steven's so quiet. And like, give it a minute. But then he'll tell a joke, and I'll hear the joke. I'm like, that's my joke, you motherfucker. You steal my jokes, too. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but you do this like, yeah, Steven's hilarious. You're like, do you want to be like, I mean, yeah, he is, but it's not his fucking joke. But yeah, so the grocery shopping thing I totally stole from Steven. Yeah. And as we're recording, he's like, yeah, that's a good line. Looking at me like, yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're going to, ki- that's okay. How many references is that to like, okay, no, he's like doing that. Yeah. Kill, I'll kill you dead. I'll kill you dead. And that's another thing I stole from you. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't murder me. <laughs> Guys, use this as evidence. I swear to God, remember me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Um, I know that that's been a couple years going, uh, and it's been a learning experience, but that's been with many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting alerts. That's like the like 50th hack attempt we've had on my website. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff, guys. Yeah, that's great. But <laughs> hey, you have me to protect your website. You're not supposed to. Traditionally, booth etiquette for me, I don't bring my phone into the booth. Because for a while there, I forget what, uh, when I had an Android phone especially, I forget what it was, but one specific brand of speakers did not like when I had my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but now... That I've switched camps and I am now a Mac user. <gasps> <gasps> that was a good reaction. Thank you. Uh, you're a good actor as long as no one is like forcing you to do this. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> but yeah, if it's I like, t- all right, do that on mic, you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, I can tell you the emotional intent of a scene, but I can't tell you how to act. It's just like with guitars. You're dying in your lover, lover's arms. You're like, so more. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so more death. But um, it's just like with with tuning guitars and drums. Like, I can tell you that they're out of tune. I can't tell you how to tune them. Mm-hmm. I can tell you they just sound like shit. But, um, yeah, booth etiquette. We uh, typically leave our phones in uh, – or, okay, I say we. Me, I'm such a weirdo about my method. And then whenever I see, like, someone's on their phone, I want to be like, heh, it's totally cool that you're on your phone. <sighs> but I really want to be like, hey – is it really that important? Especially now that most of us have like eye watches and shit. Yeah. The eye watch is a fantastic event. Yes. Event. It's an event. It is. Uh, event horizon. What about like haunted house in space and like some prodigy? That sounds like a movie. 
let's call it Event Horizon. <laughs> I want it to star Cowboy Curtis and Dr. Alan Grant. <laughs> that is actually Event Horizon. Yes. Um, it's a fun one to randomly watch, but it's not a great movie. No, uh, but it, it is pretty fun. <laughs> Haunted House and Spice, y'all. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Steven, damn it, you said Event Horizon. I was going somewhere with this. iPhone event. Oh, yes. No, that actually reminded me, because I was thinking about this the other day, is I was thinking about cleaning the toilet, but I didn't. But I thought about it, so that's basically the same thing. Um, You know? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm just trying to figure out where you're going with this. Uh, No, but I was thinking about... um, I'm just telling you where I was as I was thinking about something else. You need to know these. It's that, what is it, like, that old Dave Chappelle setup where it's, uh, men are who, what, when, why, where, and women are like... Uh, oh, well, see, you have to understand, I was on the first day of my parents, like, bitch, give me the goddamn concrete details! (laughs) Um, Sorry about that microphone. But... uh, no, for Christmas this year, we've never, ever been able to wait till Christmas. No, even birthdays. Birthdays, yeah. I think if we had kids or something, we'd like show them more like, hey, you know, like wait for this or whatever. Um, I'd like to move, excuse me. Uh, and it's a crowded booth in here, you guys. Oh, it's so crowded. Oh, <laughs> All right, now there's your, now you're a shitty actor. Yeah. But uh, for Christmas this year, it's be, or last year because Steven's such a big hunter and everything. I'm like, oh, you know, like I really want to consider that, and like blah blah blah. And so I told I, I had my best friend help me like pick this one specific thing, and, like help me help me like pin down exactly what brand and all this stuff. And Steven did the same thing with Sarah as well. So Sarah knew this was happening, but we just couldn't wait any longer. And it was like December like 1st when we switched presents or mm-hmm. something. And uh, like had our presents behind our back and then said, just hold your hand out. And <laughs> I had my eyes closed and I had this very like slim box in my hand. And I'm not going to lie. My first thought was, did he get me a vibrator? <laughs> um, I mean... You do you, boo, but it's just the way he's like, yeah, it's something that you've always wanted for yourself, but you would never get yourself. And I'm like, I, but like a vibrator, like he's really excited about giving me a vibrator. (laughs) Uh, And um, Stephen, I guess you couldn't figure out what I got you. But when we opened our eyes, we had both given each other watches. (laughs) 13 years. Yes. Yeah, but uh, again, so of course we immediately both text Sarah like you knew. She's like, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else, Stephen? Uh, so that's basically what I've been done. <laughs> done, Jesus. That's basically what I've been doing since I left Funimation. Um. Uh, now I'm helping you on your new little adventure project. I'm helping you too. We're doing, uh, we're working on something. It's really kind of cool to like really plan out filming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, you're helping me. Um, like you don't know, Terry (laughs) is helping helping me with, um, filming my own, uh, cooking stuff. Uh, so it's kind of in, you know, we're idea stage right now 
trying to figure out the technical aspect of it. Um, you know, because we have a very small kitchen and being able to film everything and do everything, you know, uh, up to, you know, not necessarily our standards, but a fun way of, of doing fun it. fun way. We're big fans of cooking shows. Like we, uh, we're, we watch um, a lot of uh, Bon Appetit things on YouTube. Binging uh, with Babbage. Babish, Babish uh, is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, if you if you haven't checked out Binging with Babish, it's great if you're a fan of television and film because he's like, hey, and he'll make stuff from anime even, which I love anime food. I really want like um, if only someone could talk to Babish about making Sebastian's curry buns from Black Butler, that would be great. Yes, <laughs> uh, and I would probably die happy. But Tatum would also probably have to help out with the voiceover. Those are my rules. Damn it. But um, <laughs> Tatum doesn't know this, but he's got a VO gig coming. Just tell Babish about it, and I'm sure his people will talk to Tatum's people, which is Tatum. Um, and anyways, yeah, we watch all these things. Bradley Oney with his It's a Live series. And mm-hmm. um, Chris Morocco from Bon Appetit. All these people. I love them. But uh, there's also some hunting stuff, and that's where we've noticed that there's there's a lot of... Like Steve Rinella and uh, Randy Newberg. Mm-hmm. I almost said Newman. Yeah, Randy Newberg. <laughs> you know, when he's not composing stuff. Yeah. Uh, why not also be a hunter? But um, they've got cooking segments, but it's really just about hurrying up and cooking the animal, it seems to me, where you're about, I don't know, food is a celebration to me. Yeah. Food is love. Yeah, food is, like, I, I enjoy cooking for people. And it's just, it's an expression for me because I don't talk that much. Um, it's my way of expressing, you know, kind of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I enjoy it. So being able to show people that in a fun way and kind of educate people in cooking. Because that's the other thing. A lot of people are just totally baffled on, well, how do I cook this deer? Yeah. I don't know. How do you cook a steak? Well, because the first thing people... Say, if I'm talking about venison, they're like, oh, it's so chewy. I'm like, well, whoever made that for you doesn't know how to cook fucking deer. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it can be chewy um, if you don't do it right. It can be gamey if you don't do it right. Mm-hmm. Like, all the deer that, that we've had hasn't been gamey. Mm, nope. Because you have to prepare it right. I think the first time I had deer that wasn't horrible, there was a, a guy at Funimation. When, we were, when I was a director there and you were an engineer there, We uh, he had... Um, like once a season, because his family has land, would bring uh, deer jerky that they made themselves. I'm like, oh my God, it was like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I cook and I'm sufficient enough, but I'm not confident. And especially compared to you, because you worked in kitchens, you used to work in kitchens all the time, as well mm-hmm. as engineer. Um, <clears throat> you've just got like, because, I mean, you used to do, like, fucking line cooking where it's, like, boom, 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 boom. You got to get shit out. Yeah. Uh, so you're a lot quicker about stuff. I feel like I make an unnecessary mess and that no matter what, I'm like, I hate that I'm serving you <laughs> because I'm, it's like, oh, you would have done this. Unless it's a dish that I grew up with. Like, yeah. um, I make mostly Mexican dishes and I make a lot of mixes, like uh, like hummus, mm-hmm. uh, guacamole. Um, I can make enchiladas, migas. You'd never had traditional migas before. No, not at all. Um, chorizo, which I think the first time we had it, we had soy riso or yeah. whatever the fuck. 
Um, and that's one thing that I wish that I'd really known as a vegetarian. I wish I hadn't always tried to, like, hey, I need a mock meat. Like, yeah, that was the other thing ugh. that we did so wrong. It was just like, that's, oh, well, I'd I- say the main thing we did wrong is all yeah. that fucking soy, dude. Yeah, all the soy, all the processed food, all the, you know, fake meats, you know, in boxes and everything. Like, we don't get any kind of boxed foods anymore. Everything's... No, what, what's that rule? It's like, basically, uh, don't go inside the yeah, grocery store. Like, don't outside. go to the inner shelves. Go to the outside and just leave everything else. Yeah. But so many people... There have been people that have done vegetarianism wrong to an extent where they lose their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really easy to do. Like, hey, did you know Cheetos are vegetarian? Like, yeah, don't eat those. Yeah, same thing with Oreos. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't um, eat them. No. But a Newman's mock Oreo, or what are they? They're just like chocolate thins or something. Yeah, just, All just right, don't simple, eat them. <laughs> simple ingredients. You know, just just do that. Don't do any processed bullshit. But um, yeah, it's so. I mean, hell, I, I actually, as of this recording, tomorrow I'm going to my first ever cooking class. Yes, I'm going. It's the theme is Little Italy, and you're going to learn how to cook stuff I don't know how to make. Like a salad. <laughs> That's what I start off with: meatballs, pasta from scratch, and a gelato. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm doing crepes soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, croissants. Croissant. Um, I do love a croissant. Um, like crepes three ways, different croissants. Mm-hmm. A knife handling Knife uh, basics and knives mm-hmm. where they really emphasize in the descriptions like, please wear close toe shoes. I'm like, why? Um, but that's all just to kind of feel confident enough. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with the, some of the hunting, not not knocking the hunter shows that yeah, are like, hey, yeah. cook it, but it just seems so like, a, hey, here's a really quick and dirty way to use this meat. I'm like, yes, but what about the other ingredients? They're focusing so much on the meat. I'm like, I want the overall thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's where, um, you know, Steve Ranella will, um, you know, show a little bit more what to do with the meat than, um, you know, some of the other ones. Um, but both, like, the the two that I really, um, you know, kind of follow is Steve Ranella and uh, Randy Newberg. Um I grew up uh, not really hunting um, all that much. Uh, and so most of my knowledge came from reading and watching these shows and learning, oh, okay, doing this. And then actually getting out in the field and going, oh, this doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning that way. So they're, they're a great resource. And I would like to just, I don't know, kind of add on to it too. Because, you know, I'm sure that a lot of um, our followers don't, necessarily either uh, know about them or um, have a desire to hunt, but I would like to be able to kind of introduce anybody that's listening to them. Well, I think even if, because uh, we shop at uh, Whole Foods um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we can actually ask where the meat is from, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. And sometimes they're like, I actually can't tell you where, like where this is from. I'm like, all right, can you give me something where you can tell me where this is from? Yeah. Um, like that matters to to me at least. Yeah. Um, so even if you're not hunting, literally hunting for this stuff yourself, you can still be more mindful of what you're yeah. cooking with. Yeah, it's like, like you know, buying uh, salmon from farm-raised places. Farm-raised salmon has no color to it. It's just this gray blob mm-hmm. because they don't 
naturally eat what would give them the pinkish color. So most farm-raised salmon, they add dyes to the meat to make it look like it should. Yeah. And some, some of them, um, like, like even at Whole Foods, they have dyes added, but it's uh, from carrots. Like it's the beta carotene in the carrots mm-hmm. to give them that color. And that's more acceptable than going, I don't know, this is red number 40 that we added to the fish. It's like, why would you? Red 40. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you eat that shit? All right. See, like I'm totally saying that. And it's like that same thing. Oh, another like guilty pleasure show that's cooking wise, Cutthroat Kitchen. Mm-hmm. But I forget what judge it was. Or he's like, you know, like as chefs, we like to pretend we don't eat fast food but we fast food but we totally fucking do but that's actually like a big thing with even uh sarah she's like oh i want to go to whataburger but you don't eat fucking whataburger or excuse me she says whataburger because she's from texas (laughs) i say water um that's a big thing here in texas is if i say whataburger i guess that gives it away that (laughs) i'm not uh, I wasn't born and raised here. I was just raised here. Um, but uh, I'm like, dude, I'll do some fucking Whataburger. And she'll <laughs> get so excited. Like, really? I don't do fast food all that often. Pardon me. But, um, yeah, there there's some guilty pleasure stuff. A big road snack. It's really bad, especially if I'm traveling uh, alone, which if I'm going to, like, Houston to record or uh, just going to a con or something and I'm alone and I'm driving – uh, flaming hot Cheetos happen, <laughs> or hot fries. If they don't have hot fries, they have flaming hot Cheetos. Hot fries are a thing, but it's like <laughs> because I've learned so much about food or whatever. It seems like the more and more like times that I like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just get some fucking Doritos. It doesn't taste like food to me anymore. The second it hits my tongue, it's like mmm, chemicals. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you get used to you know to the flavors of whole food. You know what? What if we just sound super pretentious? We probably do. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it was like back in the day, people used to call organic food just food. You didn't have the designation of organic. All right. Now you sound pretentious. (laughs) (laughs) It's that Simpsons episode where they're trying to be healthy and like their food starts like going bad like before it's even even in the paper bag. Yeah. Um, God, it goes bad so fast. (laughs) uh, But yeah, there it. It's just fun. I mean, it's always interesting just to think how much healthier we get each each time we go around. Like, um, I actually suffer from an autoimmune disease, which went undiagnosed till I was about twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And um, like, hey, you know, what are some things? Like, well, you have to take this medication every day for the rest of your life. But um, here are some other things you can do. And a big thing is eating lots of greens and um, uh, just eating healthy shit. And I have to get my blood checked every six months and uh, do blood tests to make sure that the medication's doing what it needs to do. And you can tell, they can always kind of tell through the blood. They're like, how are you eating? I'm like, well, I need you to know that it, is, <laughs> that it has been a very busy time. And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, your cholesterol is telling me that this busy time is involving a lot of cheese. I'm like, or oh, KFC. <laughs> no, okay. See, you—that's <gasps> a big thing that I am still shocked by. This dude was like a vegetarian for fourteen fucking years when I met him. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he's obsessed with KFC. It's so good. It's so bad. I blame. We're a big fan of the Try Guys, that formerly of BuzzFeed. Now they've got their own channel. They have since, uh, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, April last year. And uh, Keith Habersberger. Habersberg or Habersberg? Ha- Keith Habersberg. Grr. <laughs> I don't know. Steenville. Uh, and... Keith Habersberger Steenville. Um, he's obsessed with fried chicken. And anytime we watch a video and Keith has fried chicken, I'm like, what the hell is it? But you do the, you're actually very easily manipulated by television food. Yeah. I, Dean, I mean, anytime we watch Supernatural, yeah. if Dean's eating pie, guess what? We're getting pie. If Dean has a really good burger, and Steven's like, we have to get that burger. I'm like, this whole episode is about how the burger is making people fucking like brain dead yeah, or whatever. It's, it's road food burgers. Oh, no. But it, it's just Southern food. Like, like I'm easily influenced on Southern food. I, I'm going like, to like it, it's, it's all food. It, if it's barbecue, like, I'm, I immediately crave barbecue. Mm-hmm. Barbecue's so good. Barbecue is good. Or we were watching Queer Eye. I really want to do, like, that Jones barbecue from, like, because yeah. we're going to Missouri in May. Uh-huh. And that looks good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep... Coupling all over you, like we do this, we watch this. Oh God, we just coupled all over the floor. <laughs> oh, well, that just sounds like screwing. Yeah, coupled. Weird. It's a coupling, yeah. and that's gross. Stop. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear a recording of that. No. I love you, but no. So. <laughs> so. How did we get here so quickly? I don't know. And this is with the. I believe the director's cut. I think it is, too. I did hear, like, his original, like, lines in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's quoting. So I guess I have to beep that out. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just beep out the uh, the last part. The, there are... <laughs> but yeah. Um, See, it's enough, like, we knew that we were going to be doing this, and I still, like, watched it last weekend as I was putting together my study. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's such a good movie. It's a good one. And that guy kind of fell off the map. I think the last thing new that I saw him in was... <sighs> Backstory. But it was a films like oh and this dude like apparently he went through a bunch of stuff came back and i think he's still working but that's what sometimes you can see an actor and they're like quintessentially 80s or 90s because this film um is very much a product of its time sometimes you can watch something and just know by the setting or the makeup style like when this was done even if it's supposed to be taking place in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this was shot on film. Yeah. Um, and this is actually brighter because I remember watching it as a kid and it was just so dimly lit. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a dark, yes. dark film. I actually, until you said something, I'm like, I don't remember seeing her that well, yeah. this character on screen right now, yeah. uh, or seeing her costume that well. Um, it was always kind of yeah, shadow. In the shadows, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, even like the main guy, the main guy that. Mm-hmm. Um, him, um, yeah, didn't think about that. <laughs> now we're watching it. It happens. It does. So, yeah. Well, okay, so as we near the end, I, I'd mm-hmm. say we've still got, hold on. Wait, 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 I have to hear this, hold on. Yeah, it's the director's yeah. cut. <laughs> like, I had to hear the...
There it is. Yeah, that's his voice. Uh, you ain't. This is the director's cut, son. Um, it's weird to call your husband son. Sorry. That's really weird. Sorry. It happens. <laughs> it. I mean, I guess it did. So right. <laughs> yes. But um, I'm glad we got to talk about hunting. I'm also really. I wasn't expecting to talk about hunting, but the second we just kind of got to that thing, like we should talk about mm-hmm. trophy hunting. Yeah, no. So it's uh, been a really big thing. Yeah. Um, and I think you get bugged about it a lot. Now yeah. that they know you're an, a hunter, let alone an archery hunter. Yeah, a lot of people are baffled that I only archery hunt, um, you know, and I don't know. I, I guess I'm baffled about how they're, they're taken aback by it, uh, that, that I, won't, I won't hunt with guns just because it's, I don't know, it's more of a challenge. I enjoy, um, you know, getting up close because, I mean, it's one thing where you can be like, you know, 400 yards away and, and shoot a gun and, you know, kill an elk and be like, cool, I got that. Versus 60 yards away and, you know, getting an elk. It's just... It's... To me, it reminds me of a very old Nick Swardston uh, set where he's like, I would rather get shot than stabbed because sh- getting shot would be like, oh, God, I think I was shot. But, like, getting stabbed, like, you're there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I just got stabbed. It's coming back. Like, but... <laughs> um, very much... With the 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 arrow too is, uh, I've seen like we've got targets and a bunch of other stuff that we just throw in the yard and the dog hides while Stephen <laughs> does a bit of target practice or you just found a new range. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, man. I know, side note, I never noticed that before. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I think I think it's part of the director's cut. Yeah, that, that's that's a new thing. Um, but yeah, I, found I thought new... it was just me. <laughs> But I, I found a new uh, archery range uh, where I was able to sight in my, um, you know, new bow sight. Um, and it was great. Like, like it, was, it was nice just to be out there with uh, fellow archers. And it was, it was kind of a weird thing of going, cool, we just all shot our arrows. Now we have to go get them at the same time instead of, you know, getting them when you're done. Like, like you, there's you sh- not like an arrow caddy. Yeah, there's no arrow <laughs> caddy. Like, like once you're done shooting, you have to wait for the others to finish off their arrows before you can. And go they're get all it. there for like different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of them are there for you know the same reason I was sighting it in. Others were there for um, actually. Right now, this week, this weekend is a um, archery contest. Um, so they. they uh, you know, just like 3D, uh, which are, th- um, you know, 3D lifelike uh, archery targets of animals to, um, you know, win prize money for the best shot. So they were out there practicing for that. But, yeah. But yeah, we can only do 20 yards in our yard. I mean, in, in this yard, yeah. who knows. But, we, I mean, we've, the yard's busy. We've got gardening and mm-hmm. no more bees my bees are gone did we have okay we did have bees mm-hmm. because tatum was allergic we found out that's right <laughs> um i'm like well dude as long as you don't like go up and shake it you're fine he's yeah. like uh no thanks um yeah my bees are we gone we actually went through two hives mm-hmm. of bees i think since that anime show. Yeah, the first hive was killed by the city. Because, Aerial spraying. Yeah, they were spraying for West Nile, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't hurt pollinators. And then a week later, my hive was dead. Um, and then the last one I had for a little bit longer, and they 
they got robbed. Basically, what um, happens is when during spring, when one hive uh, has enough honey stores and another one um, in the area does not, drones go out and find, you know, a hive that does and be like, oh, hey, you guys got a lot of honey. And then they come and swarm the hive and rob them. And my hive couldn't defend itself enough. So most of my bees died. The queen realized that the uh, hive was weak and then just left. So then the rest of the hive followed her to start Women. a new hive. <laughs> yeah. So no, no more bees. Well, did we have chickens? Uh-huh. Yeah, chickens too. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, basically, I, I hear some of you groaning saying, fucking hipsters, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, um... No, we just, we always wanted chickens too. And Mm -hmm. bees, you were so happy. They really helped our garden. And the honey from it was just fantastic because honey, uh, honey local to your area really helps with allergies and all this. Mm -hmm. But we just dug on it. Um, It wasn't just, you know, a fad or anything for us. But chickens uh, kind of like, what was it? It's chickens aren't, can be illegal. Mm-hmm. In this city, but for our city, it it isn't. Um, but you're not supposed to have a rooster. And there's clearly another neighbor that has a fucking rooster. Yeah, that would like trying to call our chickens or some shit. Yeah, like dick. Yeah, I think I think they finally ate that rooster. <laughs> but um, we had one that was sick. Yeah, one got sick, and it had a disease called gape worm. Which uh, they get uh, worms in their esophagus from eating uh, snails. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I killed that one because she she was dying anyway, and I didn't want her to suffer. So I killed that one. I think that was side note. I actually think I was at a convention when you decided that. Yes, I was at a convention. No, no, I was at a. You were at a convention for another one that I was going to kill. Okay, but I was. Just we'll gonna, get to that in a yeah. minute then. Um, and then there was one that. There was one morning where the chickens would not shut up. It was even making Zoe, our dog, anxious. I'm like, all right, these bitches won't shut up. And you found out, like, there was one that had gotten decapitated overnight mm-hmm. by, like, a raccoon or a fox. It was either a raccoon or a possum. Um, eat, they, they just eat the head of the chicken and then leave. And then we left the chickens unattended for the morning like we normally would. And yeah. the chickens pecked on it. Yeah. Not a living chickens. Chickens are cannibals. And so they were eating the body of their fellow or sister. The, they're dinosaurs. They're, they are so, dinosaurs. Um, and then, yes. I forget what happened to the other one. Uh, the other one stayed alive. Like, like we had two We had left two. And we, we gave them gave, both away. No. Okay. So what was the one? The, the one that I tried to butcher her. But I couldn't. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So it was like, okay, yeah, we'll. They say, um, like, if you're going to raise animals to be food, not to name them. And we actually did buy these four chickens that were, though we got specifically because their breed was quiet for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, what were they? Uh, they were called Red Stars. They're also known as Red Sex Links. Mm-hmm. Um, super chill. Yeah, super chill. Great egg producers. Great for, um, you know, cooking as well. Uh, their e- Yeah, their eggs were bigger. And you didn't, uh, I learned this, like uh, for farm fresh eggs, you don't have to refrigerate them. They're mm-hmm. good for like six plus months, mm-hmm. which a bunch of people, when I would bring stuff up for people at the studio, be like, um, I think you're wrong. Like if you don't refrigerate eggs, like they go bad. I'm like, well, I'm telling you, as someone who fucking has chickens that you're wrong yeah if you wash them immediately (laughs) then yes you immediately have to put them in the fridge and they can only last two weeks then 
But if you don't wash them, it has a membrane on the egg that protects the yolk from oxygen, which is what causes the oxidation and the rotting of the egg. eggs all around have always been a thing because when we were vegetarians we didn't have eggs but yeah. then we slowly started introducing things and eggs was a big thing and people argue about it and they're like all right so you're a vegetarian but you eat eggs they're like yeah that's not the same thing yeah it's not an egg is just a single cell for real um but so we decided because we had two chickens left and we'd had them long enough that they were slowing down their production. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, went, they go through something called henopause where they just stop producing <laughs> eggs. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever referred to it as that. It's henopause. Um, yeah, they, did they, you come up with that? Uh, no, I oh, didn't. Oh, thank God. But they, uh, yeah, uh, chickens are like humans. They have a certain number of eggs and when they stop producing them, they just become pets at that point well and they were really really ch- zoe actually protected them mm-hmm. uh there was a couple uh like the for the first year she's like do i want to eat you and then it was just like mm, whatever and the chickens also quickly learned like oh it's just the dog um they kept their area clean they you know they gave me fertilizer. yeah they gave me fertilizer for the garden yeah they were great um but I'm like okay well since they're not producing we decided like we're, yeah, well, like, Steven knows how to butcher an animal. I'm at a fucking con, and I get a text while on a panel, being unprofessional, checking my phone while uh, on a panel. Um, I get, I can't do it. I can't kill her. <laughs> and I'd forgotten about the chicken thing. I actually, like, hey, would you guys mind if I sift away for a second? And uh, they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, guys, I'll be right back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And called you like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Which I guess says how much I love you. Like, yeah. because my husband's leaving me this cryptic fucking, I can't do it. I can't kill her. I'm like, oh, uh, hey, guys, can you excuse me? My <laughs> husband might be murdering someone and he's having a problem. Really, like, <laughs> maybe literally pulling the trigger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we established he doesn't like guns. It would be with an arrow. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I. Uh, it was just I can't do it, and so we asked. Um, I think we just posted it like, "Hey, we have chickens to good home. Uh, don't care. Like they're they're great." And like if you and it was this little girl that was just so excited. Yeah, she just wanted a pet chicken. She was so excited and so happy. Did they take both of them? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah or they were both really good actors. They're like, oh, she's so pretty. Oh yeah. <laughs> turned to lunch but yeah we named them um so like i developed a just kind of like a ah fuck i can't kill these looking things. in your beautiful terrifying eyes yeah um and chickens chickens can be vicious i saw mm-hmm. one really uh attacked my brother once but he was fucking with him so like this chicken just went you know what bitch and just mm, pecked the shit out of him but um uh they were there was she-ra mm-hmm. muriel mm-hmm Monica? Monica. No. Did we have a Monica? Rex. Yeah, one was T-Rex. T-Rex. And one one was... No, Monica named the other one Kim after Kim Jong-un. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it was not. Someone help me remember. Maybe it's from an old dead animation. That was not... The, it was not Kim. I think it was. No. Maybe it was just Monica. And Muriel was a combination of Marie and Joel because Joel McDonald... And uh, and Marie, I'd say Marie helped to uh, build our chicken coop, which we still have, and it's just like surrounded by weeds. Yeah, but 
It's like the Hopefully, Adams family house if it was a chicken coop. I need to I need to get Ron over to help me move it so we can Ronald! chickens. Ron, come over. <laughs> um Yeah. It just so much. I mean, we still have our Z, our, mm-hmm. our rescue yes. chocolate lab mix, Zoe, who is uh I think I actually yes, I did in my acknowledgments. Or no, under the about the author thing in my for uh my book, uh one of few, it's uh, you know, still ruled by like our overlord chocolate lab mix named Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh actually I forget who I was talking to. Someone knew, like, oh my daughter's name is Zoe. I'm like, that's the name of my dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Okay, but how many Zoe dogs have you heard? There are a lot of dogs named Zoe. I have never met a human named Zoe. No. I've met at least seven dogs named Zoe. Yeah. Met them. Saw their credentials, their background. Did you shake their hands? Shook their paws because they have no opposable thumbs. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This this right here is a product of 10,000 years of evolution. It's a really good thing this is an audio podcast. I know, right here. This right here. Opposable thumb. Are you trying to make a sound? Oh, I think I made a pop. Yeah. Is this that ASMR? ASMR. Yeah. I I actually, there's a new show that Caitlin is working on and Colleen had never heard of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, the second she heard it, she was like, oh, I hate that. And I kind of went, ah, come on in my mind. But I heard what was it? There's like a podcaster, like that's her whole shtick. Yeah. It's the ASMR thing. And I made it like maybe 10, 20 seconds. What is it like? Hey guys, everything. First of all, me as a voiceover asshole, uh, whispering is like one of the worst things you can do for your voice. Cause, uh, you know, your vocal cords aren't, um, a muscle, they're tissue. And so you're actually forcing the tissue to stay like forcibly stay open when they want to close. Um, it, especially if you're trying to, if you're whispering in an attempt to try to save your voice, it actually does more harm. Um, uh, more harm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I didn't say anything, but more yes. Harm. Uh, <laughs> There's the booth loop. <laughs> booth loop? Yeah. Booth badness. I don't know. I just sound like I sound like someone that should have like a kid named Bort. <laughs> Bort. <laughs> we need more Bort license plates. There's something wrong with that stop sign. <laughs> Still stupidly funny. That was actually like we were talking about the Simpsons movie because we were at a con in San Antonio. If you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, you need to. It. It was amazing. Saw it twice on Christmas Day. Um, but uh, this one artist, uh, Freddie Lopez, phenomenal artist, uh, he had this Spider-Ham uh, poster, and I pa- I passed it immediately, like, on a lunch break, because I-, I couldn't really leave. So when I can't leave at a convention, I'm like, hey, and Steven's with me, I'm like, hey, can you kind of walk the floor and see if there's something we need to go to? And... Um, I passed it. I'm like, can you go see how much Spider-Ham is? I love Spider-Ham. And it has nothing to do with my obsession with John Mulaney at all. Mm -hmm. Um, If we'd gone to high school together, I definitely would have been painfully in love with him. (laughs) And a thing for scrawny white dudes, what can I say? As I look at you. Hello. (laughs) But um, 
or just scrawny dudes that uh, talk like, you know, like six-year-old grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> That's also you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and uh, you ended up talking to his wife while you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing was that they were really happy that you called him Spider-Ham and not yeah, Spider-Pig. they like, were so like happy. Homer. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Spider-Pig? Yeah, he was just like, anybody calls him Spider-Pig, I won't root- sell it to him. And she, and That's she was justifiable. Just, yeah. <laughs> she was just like, you're going to sell it to him because you can't refuse money. <laughs> did the whole, like, uh, marriage thing. But the uh, the really cool thing is they also, uh, Freddie had also done this breathtaking uh captain marvel artwork and i forget how steven how you guys brought it up but oh i just told him that you voice i was just like how much is captain marvel and she's just like oh blah 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 i was like i don't know it's like my my wife really wants it but i don't know she i mean she did voice captain marvel in this death battle thing and they're just like oh cool cool um but yeah sorry Uh, no um and uh that's what i wanted to hear but um, you came back to the table, you got Spider-Ham and uh, this uh, Captain Phasma thing that he did, mm-hmm. and also a K2SO, an obsession, another obsession. And um, we were sitting at our table, and his wife came by and just gave us Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which <laughs> I never heard, like, never heard you be that loud in public. You're like, are you serious? <laughs> like, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, da-da-da, enjoy. I'm like, what? Why? It's so cool. And it it's on my vanity wall in the studio. <laughs> it totally is. Be like, oh, by the way, yeah, oh, Freddie Lopez, it's totally signed to everything. Yes. Um, that's how I talk when I'm trying to be impressive. Mm, I also say things like a douche, like Jaguar. Jaguar, one of the worst cars you can have. <gasps> How dare you? I love a Jaguar. They're cool looking, but they're completely unreliable. I, I've actually never ridden in one. I only know that I like saying Jaguar. Yeah. To the point where I've actually had to say Jaguar in <laughs> in shows, and then I fucking say it right. I'm like, I am trying. <laughs> they're one of the most unreliable cars out there. Oh, yeah. well. Sorry, Jaguar. Yeah. Jaguar. Well, dude, we're hitting the credits. We are. Um, awesome. That went by really cool. Uh, this was definitely the director's cut. I yeah. can't believe it. You're like, I don't want to do the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> you picked it. I yeah. did, but it didn't say it on the thing. Typically for um, most of the films, I want to try to stick to streaming. We've got, um, uh, but um, we often are going to have to buy or purchase, be it streaming or not, the film. And that's one of the reasons that we'll probably look at something like Ko-Fi. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not Patreon. And to see whoever can help out if they enjoy the show, you know, just leave us a little tip for like a quote-unquote cup of coffee and we can continue to buy the films. But luckily, <laughs> was streaming mm-hmm. uh, both the original and the director's cut on one of the services we already have. So that, that worked out. But <laughs> I guess we were watching both. And we've got the original film on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I um, guess Steven thought he was playing one, and we ended up watching the director's cut, which is a little longer, so that worked out. Yay. Cool. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Thank you for being my first guest. Hey, you're welcome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Steven, if they want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Uh, no name Hoff on Twitter and Instagram. And then for my hunt in, it is hunt underscore INN on Instagram. 
And I think you've got a link on your Insta for yes. content. Yes. All right. Yes. Please follow him. If you're not already following me, T Dodally, Twitter, and also Obscure Chatter at Obscure Chatter. It's pretty simple. Um, I'm not trying to trick you. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you next time. Obscure Chatter. Bye.